the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Well, hello, everybody. It's so great to be with you today. Um, yes, it's just so great to be with you today. So I, I want to um, start by just saying happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there because, uh, you know, you have a very important position. You know, God puts you in the head of the household for a reason. And, you know, everything does end up with you. So no matter what's going on in, in your family or, uh, you know, in your extended family, it's it all comes back to the responsibilities that the Lord's put on your on you. So... Part of what to do with that is sometimes I know that I'm I'm always asking myself, sometimes I just don't know what I don't know and what I don't know can hurt me. And sometimes I think that's true. Uh, when I was uh, driving to Orlando, driving, driving from the airport, um, I got a lift and it was a female. Her name was Hannah. And she was so sweet and has a little child and her husband was at home taking care of the baby while she was driving me to um, to the uh, hotel in Orlando, Florida. Now, side note, I was there because E. coli, termite and pest control, uh, has hit that mark of being one of the top 100 pest and termite companies in North America. Not California, but all of North America, E. coli termite pest control uh, is has reached the top 100. Now, that is a huge, huge deal. Um, if you would have said to me that we would have been in that, I would have said, I don't know about that. But we did it. And it takes all of us together, the entire team at E. coli, to make that happen. And I'm, I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed beyond measure for that to happen. So when I was talking to Hannah, I was talking about how her husband sometimes, it's, it's difficult to know how to communicate with him. And, uh, you know, sometimes we think we're communicating and we think that uh, what we're saying is making sense to the other party, but sometimes it's not. And I know for me in business that communication is probably the thing that is either the best or the worst, and it can cause the most harm. And it's just a lack of knowledge because we're not communicating well enough. So uh, I was listening to a speaker who talks about culture, which starts with a C. These are all C words. And all of these things is I, I talk about intimacy and into me see. And when I was driving here, I was thinking about, wow, there's so many words that start with C. And when I started thinking about it, uh, I, I turned off on a street called Central. And then I saw another word, Chase. And I saw another word. And they all started with C's. And I'm like, this is really a fun game. Uh, but what I realized is most of these C words have a meaning behind them 
that helps us be better or not, but helps us be better. So I'll get into this. I was talking about communication, right? There are seven C's of communication. Now, ask yourself this question right now. How do you feel you're doing communicating? And how would you measure your level of communication? I would measure mine by, is the other person understanding exactly what it is I'm trying to get across? And, and how would you go about knowing that? I know a long time ago in marriage counseling, they talked about this thing called mirroring. And mirroring is where you say, okay, blah, 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 whatever it is you want to talk about. And then you ask the other party, so what did you hear me say? How many of you out there do this? Well, what I, and then the other person has a chance to explain what they heard. Well, what I heard was, ba, 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 ba. And then the first person is going to say either, that's exactly what I meant, or they're going to say, that is so off base. That is not what I meant at all. Because we come with our own belief system. We come with our own set of glasses. We come with our own set of ears. And we're going to hear things that measure up with our belief system. And I don't want to get too deep, but I want to say that communication, it's so imperative, whether it's spouses, mother, child, father, child, ministry, or in business, that I find that the the topic that comes up so often is communicating. Now, we have different forms. It used to be you pick up the phone, you dial dial the number, not push the buttons, but you dial the number and you would get the person on the other line and you would talk. And with that, you've got the influx of conversation. You've got the influx of voice. You've got the pauses. Now, when we're texting, I'm worst at this, is that I might forget a comma. I might forget, uh, you know, I leave out a couple words just trying to get the thought across. So communication gets frayed and maybe the, the whole meaning is changed because I forgot a comma. It's so true. It does happen. Then what else do we have? We have email, you know, bold letters versus small cap, you know, capital letters versus small letters, Um, you know, just grammar. And how about niceties? I'm so in a hurry. This is me personally. I'm so in a hurry that sometimes I forget to say, good morning, good afternoon, how are you doing? Which would be normal if I was face to face. But because I'm Getting it done, I I forget that. So now I'm trying to put GM, which some people don't know what that is. And for me, it's good morning. It's just shortened. But is that really the best way to go? I don't know. Ask yourself that question. So seven C's of communication. I wanted to set the stage here so you can understand the importance of communication. Now we've got these seven C's. So the first one is concise, to be concise, Being concise means being able to convey your messages in shortest possible words. But this doesn't mean that you provide the information less, but articulating in such a possible way that you get to spread the message across everyone and that too in fewer words. So how many of you have been in a conversation? I have a couple people that are coming to mind right now, and if any of my E. coli Uh, employees are listening now, you're going to have someone come to your mind. There are certain people that just like to talk. They like to expound upon the experience. And, you know, you might be trying to get on and off the phone to get to the next call. 
And this person takes up a lot of time to explain the who's, what's, where's, when's, and why's when all you need is the what or the when. So concise, you know, less words, fewer words, but you want to not skip words that need to be there to make sure the meaning is getting across in the proper way. So how many of you would vote or rate yourself from one to 10? Where would you be on that scale of being concise in your communication? It's really good for you to take an assessment. I love assessments because, you know, you can't get better if you don't know where you are. Correct? It's like the map, you know, you are here. And where are you going? Oh, I want to go there. So you have to know where you are to know that you're improving. It's just like the report card in school or a review at work, performance review. You got to know where you are, what's expected of you. And then, and then you have a direction in which where to go. So being clear would be the second one. I missed a little bit on the first one. Concise. Let me just read this to you. It is a necessity for business communication as this C does not involve the vague words. And this, the message is clearly sent to everyone. Because of conciseness, you save time as well as you save a lot of costs. As this C excludes the needless and excessive words, it makes the main idea or the message more understandable. For audience, also this form is more convenient and appealing. I agree with that. But see, I like to get to the point. Not everybody does. Sometimes people like to just talk about, well, he said, she said, and then. And I'm like, Reader's Digest, and some of you might be too young to even know what that is. But it's basically just cutting it to exactly what it is you're trying to say, what the meaning is, what, what's your goal in this conversation. So number two is clear. Being clear or having clarity. It's very important in business communications, but also, wouldn't you say that the same applies for personal relationships? Don't we need to be clear about what it is we're wanting or thinking or needing? I think it's really important, and we cannot expect our partner or our employee or our boss to read our minds. If I don't know what's not working, I can't fix it. That's me from a boss. But it's also me as a sister, a brother, a mother, a child. If I don't know something's not right, then I don't know to think about how I could work on making it better. So being clear, having clarity. And the first part of this is just being clear on what it is you're trying to say and having clarity on what it is you're wanting. What exactly do you want? When you're going to have a conversation that you feel is a very important conversation, which every conversation, I think, is at some level, isn't it important to go into that knowing exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish in that conversation? What is it you're trying? What is the goal? Through this, you are able to emphasize a specific message, a goal at that time. In a business communication, you cannot achieve too much in one go. That is why you need to clear about your ideas. You need to be clear about them. Because of clarity, the understanding of ideas becomes easier. As the clarity is achieved for ideas and thoughts, the meaning of the words is enhanced. The message becomes more appropriate and exact. So now doing another assessment. Where would you find, where would you say you are? And if there's somebody that you're having difficulty with right now, 
and you think it might be a communication issue, where would you say they are? So start with you first, okay? Don't look at the log in the other person's eyes. I mean, the speck in the other person's eyes when you've got a log in your own. Let's focus on us first, okay? Because this is what you have some control over is you. And you pray about this. You know, you pray to the Lord. You say, Lord, please search me and know me. If there's any evil way, if there's anything that needs to be corrected, plucked out, fixed, Lord, please do this. Please show it to me so I can do that. And this is a great time for me to just take a second and say, this is the Sue Free Show. And I'm so thankful that you have joined in on this show. And I would love for you to communicate with me, connect with me. It's part of what I'm all about is I want this show is about the pursuit of passion, purpose and connection. And I love connections. I love to connect. So if you're if you if you are desiring that, so am I. And how you would go about doing that is you'd go Sue Freeze, which is spelled like fries, like French fries dot com. So Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com. Go there and there are so many things on that website that you can learn from, glean from, and there's a contact page on there. Anything that you want to talk about, anything that you're struggling with, if you need prayer, whatever. Please just go there and let me know. I'm the only one that opens that up. And so I will be praying for you. And maybe I'll email you back. And, you know, if you're asking me a question, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to, to get back to you and answer you. Okay. But this is the Sue Free Show. And I'm so thankful you're, you're joining in today. And I hope you share it with other people. So now we're on number three of the seven. Number three is correct. The understanding of your audience is directly proportional to the correctness of your ideas. Because correct communication of thoughts and ideas is also an air-free form of communication, there are many ways to achieve this correctness in your sentences. You know, I learned a long time ago that you talk about things that matter with people who care. Have you ever gone down a hallway or you've been talking to somebody or someone calls you and they start talking about things that um, you know, you can't fix, you can't add to, you can't help in any way. So it's this person just needing to talk. Now, if that's the case, you could say, okay, I can do this in my mind. You know, I can listen right now. Um, I also was taught, women especially, that when you talk to your husbands, your husbands, they go to problem solving right away. So if you need to talk and hear yourself, because sometimes we work out the details in just talking, that if you let your man know, hey, I don't need you to solve this. I just want you to listen, that that really helps the man um, just kind of relax a little bit and just let you talk. And he doesn't have to come up with a, 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 a problem-solving uh, explanation or answer to your situation. And it really helps in the situation. I was talking about Hannah at the very beginning. We were talking about that. And I was talking about how... Um, in, in one of the books I read, it talked about that men have so many words and women have so many words. And by the time the man gets home, he's already used his words up. And the woman has like three times as many words. And she hasn't even began because she's been at home, maybe. Now she's probably working. But she's got a lot more words she's got to use up in a day. Another thing that I, was, uh, that I really find very interesting, but in my mind, true, and this is funny, is that men are like microwaves. And women are like crockpots. I'm not going to explain that anymore. But I think those of you that heard that are probably giggling right now because it's so true. 
You know, it's just true. Men are like microwaves and women are like crockpots. So think about that when you're communicating with who you're communicating with. So we're still on correct. One is through a technical understanding of your thoughts and ideas. Further, the names and titles that you have mentioned should be correct. Because of correctness, the confidence level of yours as well as your audience increases. It has more impact. So what this is saying is that if you're going to give details, make sure your details are correct. If you're going to give facts, make sure your facts are correct. Because you don't want to lose somebody in your communication by them checking you know fact checking in their minds or on the phone what you're saying so you just want to make sure that you're you're being clear on that so now um i don't know if you have to assess that one or not and give yourself a number but i'm i will really want and i do this a lot is that i personally strive to be better than i was yesterday and if i'm constantly doing that every day if i strive to be just a little or a lot, because sometimes the lessons are much bigger than other days. But I really try to be better. And the way to do that is just by, you know, being humbled enough and be in a position of learning all the time. And if we put ourselves in the position of I want to learn more, I want to be more, I'm striving for excellence, then I'm going to be assessing myself all the time. You know, can I do better with this? Can How did that happen? Why did it happen? And what part of that do I play? I ask that all the time with me. And could we do this better? That's another one that in my company, Ecola, we, we say that all the time. Could we do this better? What what was lacking? Where Where did it drop? And how can we do this better next time? That way, it's it's a viable lesson. And it's something where we learn from it and we grow from it and we're better next time. So concrete. Hmm. Concreteness refers to the idea of being clear and particular. It avoids the basic fuzziness and general in your ideas and thoughts. Concreteness also adds to your confidence level. So you've thought about this. You've you've got information that you needed to get in order to have this concrete conversation. You've done your homework. You've done your homework before you bring something to the table. No matter what relationship you're in, they're valuable. They're valuable relationships. You want to make sure that you've done your homework. Concreteness is supported by figures, facts. Thus, it gives your ideas a boost. As it involves clear words only, it helps in increasing your reputation. There are little to none chances that your message is misinterpreted if you do this homework. Number five, complete. Going back, did you assess correctness in your conversations? Are you doing your homework before you have these conversations? And sometimes our communication is I feel, and sometimes our communication is I think. Be sure you know where you're coming from. Is this from your heart? Is this a feeling or is this a, a thought process in your brain? So number uh, com- complete. A message or an idea is complete when the audience has everything that they want to be informed. Also, this gives an authority to them to move to call to action. The complete communication generally involves a call to action which helps the readers understand what you want to imply to them. It also includes all the facts and figures in the sentences. Due to complete communication, the reputation is enhanced for an organization. 
A complete communication also involves additional information whenever or wherever it is required. Thus, it leaves no room for doubt in the mind of the readers and audiences. It also helps in persuading the audience. Okay, being complete, I'm thinking advertising and marketing more than anything right here when I read those three paragraphs under complete is that you, for me, you know, when I put something out there or I'm talking on the radio or I'm doing an advertisement commercial for E. coli, termite, and pest control, I want to make sure that I'm hitting the pain uh, of the message. I want to give the features, advantages, benefits. I want to touch their level of emotional pain. Like, you know, having a rat run across your foot when you're in the restroom would be something that somebody would really like want to take care of like right now. Let's not wait till tomorrow. Call to action. Got to take care of it now. Termites eating your home. Uh, they never stop eating. And uh, pretty soon, you know, they're going to be holding hands. And if they let go, uh-oh, there goes the house. It, You know, I mean, that's a visual. But I'm not trying to fear factor anybody. I'm just giving facts, saying that, you know, your home is your most expensive investment usually. And you want to take care of that. And the way you do that is maintain it on a regular basis. You don't wait till things get bad. It costs you more and the damage is more. So why not take care of it sooner? So these are things that being complete in my conversation or complete in my message that I'm letting everybody know, here's the deal, here's the deal, and you need to call us today. So that's what I get with complete. But this also could be personal. You know, if you have something you're trying to accomplish, if there's something that you're saying, this, that, and then we get this, then uh, that's a positive thing in a marriage, in a relationship, even with sons or daughters. Let's be complete. Let's communicate and call to action, whatever it is that we're needing to get done. So number six, courteous. Oh, those niceties. Courtesy is the respect that we show to others and in business communication. Also, it means the same thing. You should show respect to your reader by having courteous communication. Absolutely. This is one where I, I rate low and I'm working on it. I so am. I'm so thankful God's not done with me yet uh, because I need help in this department for sure. The individual while sending the message should be polite, sincere, enthusiastic, and reflective. I'm going to run out of time, so we're going to go into part two. So it's going to be a part two show. Being courteous means that you have taken into consideration the feeling receiver as well as your own. It also shows that you are positive and your focus is on the audience. Courteous messages are not at all biased. When I'm talking to anybody, I'm wondering what it is they're really wanting. I'm, I'm listening to them and I'm saying, what is it they want? And what I try to do from that point is I'm really trying to listen between the lines. I'm really trying to listen at, at the breath and at the tone. And sometimes when, like I said before, in the writings, it's hard to do that. So number seven is coherent. The messages that you send should be logical, and that is why coherent communication is important. The message involves certain ideas and thoughts, and thus, when they are coherent, then only they are able to convey the main idea of the message. All the points that you have mentioned should be relevant to the topic and connected further. The flow and tone of the communication should also be consistent. What does your message imply should be the main focus under the coherent message. When all the above seven C's of communication are used, then your message becomes more effective. Practice this more to improve your business communication. 
I hope this has been helpful to you because it's definitely been helpful for me. And being coherent, rate yourself on that one too. I'd love to hear from you. Go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, when we're .com. And let's connect. Can we? I would really like that. I'm also on Facebook Live on Tuesdays at 1.30. So uh, join me there too. Be a blessing to someone and we'll go to part two right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS termitelady.com What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Nicola Termite Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm so thankful for the 13 years that I've been on the air. And, you know, um, some of you have been on long enough to know the story about the show and how it wasn't in my radar at all. It wasn't part of my plan. And sometimes God has a plan for us that we're not aware of. But, uh, you know, as I look back, I realize that a lot of the things that I've experienced has prepared me for a time such as this. And so it's really wonderful to be here with you. And I'm so thankful um, for everything. And if you need termite or pest control, we are here for you. Insulation, rodent control, we have it all. And we also are hiring. We hit the top 100 for North America, for one of the top 100 companies for uh, termite and pest control. And uh, it's for all of North America. I mean, that's that's huge. And there were only three California companies that hit that mark. So I feel very fortunate, very blessed, and very honored. And uh, it's just kind of crazy, actually. I'm just, I'm just amazed. 
but it's a good thing. So if you know anybody that's looking for a career, not a job, because this is not a job, this is a career, please get in contact with the Termite Lady, termitelady.com, and we will be able to take care of you there. There's a website and there's an application there and you can fill it out. You have to have a clean driving record. You have to have a wonderful attitude and we'll teach the skill. You got those things, we can handle it. Um, It is an athletic job. It's a dirty job. Someone's got to do it. And uh, we've got a great team and we're growing. And right now we're only in California, but I'm I'm really considering moving out of California and getting some other states involved. California is the litigious state, and it's the one where it's, uh, I don't know, it's just costing a lot. And it's just there's a lot of things going on that are really making it difficult to be a business in California. And I know those of you that are business owners listening, you're shaking your head and you're smirking or you're smiling going, yep, you got that right. So uh, I'm going to go into... Um, the second half of this, because at the first half of this show, I was talking about the seven C's of communication. So we've communicated We're you know, we, we've done the communication. And now maybe with that communication, we need to make some decisions. That's kind of the next thing that happens, right? It's uh, you communicate and then you have a choice on how you're going to handle whatever was communicated. And some of us do a really good job with this, and some of us maybe need to get more questions. We need to mirror more. A mirror is, this is what I heard you say, and you repeat it, and then they say, no, you are so off. Or they're saying, yep, that's what I meant. And then there is this, this moment where you're going, okay, now what am I going to do with that information? What am I supposed to do with that information? And so good. you know. And it doesn't matter whether it's at the workplace you know, uh, I have it there, but I also have it in my personal relationships, you know, from my kids to, uh, you know, just my sisters. Uh, I have a decision to make on how I'm going to respond, how I'm going to react. And I have to check myself so many times because my knee-jerk reaction might not be the most loving, the most kind reaction. And I might say something that I'm going to regret later. So wisdom is telling me that do I really want to go down that or is it better just to zip it and think about it? Not push send on the text or the email. Write it out. Get it all out. Get it all out there. But then just don't push send. Read it over. Pray on it. Wait till the next morning, maybe. If you still feel the same after you read it, then maybe maybe it is a good thing to send. But maybe we don't just act so quickly. And I learned that the hard way. Because, <laughs> listen, my mom told me something a long time ago. I wrote a note to my neighbor, and it wasn't the nicest note. And she says, why did you write it? Why didn't you just say it? Because once you write it, it's there forever. It doesn't go away. And that was on a piece of paper. Now you've got the Internet. You've got texting. You've got SMS. And you know what? It's there forever. And there's no, no getting around it. It's there forever. So be, be really mindful of what you write. Be mindful of what you send. Be mindful and look, you know what? I'm reading this book right now, and it's it's uh, talking about growth, and it's talking about faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And I'm reading this book. It's so great. And I met uh, the author of the book at the Harrison event, and uh, Marco, uh, just a wonderful pastor, and he talked about how he started his church, and he loved on people. And when they finally opened up the church, there was 400 people there the first day because they went around and knocked on doors and actually showed up and cared, really cared, not just knocked on doors to to do their mission, but they did their mission by loving on people and really being there and available. And it's what a wonderful story. And I learned from just that story to say, you know what, I need to love on people more. And you know what, it doesn't matter how many times people burn you and, you know, 
cause you harm. We're supposed to pray for our enemies. We're supposed to pray for those that trespass against us. We're supposed to forgive those that trespass against us. Is that easy? I know for me, it's heck no. It's not easy. But you know what? There's joy. There's joy when you release and let God do what God does. Just release it, give it to the Lord, and and just keep going. And don't let someone get you down because when you do that, then you're missing what God has for you next. Don't let the devil get a foothold. And I'm talking to myself right now because things happen. And we have to keep ourselves, you know, charged up and just looking up and making sure that God is in the center of our lives and that he is guiding this ship called Sue. He's guiding your ship. He's he's. He's aiming your steps in which direction you're supposed to go. And he's guarding your mouth. And he's, he's really wanting you to see with his eyes and feel with his heart. My prayer is that for each and every one of you. Because it's amazing when you get to this point of walking in the spirit and hearing his, him. And, and, you know, you see things differently and you feel things differently. And look, I don't have this all together and I'm working on it. And the Lord, like I said, is not finished with me yet. But I have to tell you, the little taste that I get here and there of what I'm talking about right now, I want more of that. I want more and more and more of that and less of me. I want less of me and more of my Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's you too. And if it's not, you know, ask him to show you. Ask him to reveal his Holy Spirit to you. Because it's an amazing, amazing path. And uh, there's nothing like it. So whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your eyes will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's Isaiah thirty twenty one, and that's the, the, internet, the NIV version. Um, the term seven seas is used to describe all the oceans of the world. To say that one has sailed the seven seas means literally that that person has navigated all of the earth's seas. Many times, however, the term is used figuratively to refer to a person who has traveled widely and has a wealth of experience. The seven seas of this article has no connection with the term seven seas. But if we extend this figure of speech a little, we could say that just as a person who has sailed the seven seas knows how to navigate the oceans of the world, so the Christian who has used the seven seas of biblical decision-making knows how to navigate the sea of life. Navigating the sea of life should not be viewed as a hit or miss decision-making adventure. While the Christian life can be exciting, it should not be a hope for the best string of decisions. Every decision can be made with the confidence that God is in control. How many of you want that? I know I do. Although every person's life consists of the sum total of a lot of decisions, Christians can be confident that God will help them make right ones. Although bad decisions will be made along the way, let's not get the idea that mistakes will cast us permanently adrift on the sea of life. When we acknowledge our mistakes and look to God, we, he provides us with navigational aids to make proper course corrections. Isaiah thirty twenty one above is just one of many promises of navigational help God has given in his word. The verse assures us that when we come to decisions about compass headings on the sea of life, the Lord will tell us this is the way walk in it. While this promise is directed to the nation of Israel, 
that will return in faith to the Lord, it can be applied to Christians. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and we have the promise that God will never leave us nor forsake us, Hebrew 13.5. So we can be assured that he will guide us when it comes to decision-making. We may not literally hear his voice, but we can be sure that God will not leave us adrift when it comes to decisions on the sea of life. So lo and behold, the first decision-making is communication. Uh, The first half of the show was on communication, and it had seven C's to communication. And so this, again, in decision-making, we do have to communicate, don't we? We have to communicate because if you don't, you're not going to have enough information to know which way to move next. So it's important that we do this. So the seven C's are the means God uses to guide us in the decision-making process. We could call them navigational aids for plotting our course and making corrections on the sea of life. Scripture not only contains the navigational charts, it also supports the other C's. When it comes to making decisions, most of what we need to know is quite obvious from Scripture. Questions about lying on a job application or marrying a non-Christian shouldn't require an in-depth decision-making process because the answers are easy to find in Scripture. When it comes to decisions about which job applications to fill out or who is the right Christian to marry, the Bible gives us guidelines which helps us make the right decisions. For example, the biblical guidelines in Deuteronomy 6, 7 and Hebrews 10, 24, 25 indicate that you should not apply for a job which would prevent you from meeting family and church responsibilities. If you are single and believe God wants you to serve as a missionary in another land, a potential spouse that does not share your burden for missions should not be on your list. If you consider Genesis two eighteen. The more biblical guidelines for making decisions you know, the more obvious will be your course of action. So good. Needless to say, prayer is also vital for making decisions. In 1 Peter 5, 7, we are told to cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Does this include concern about making the right decisions? Of course. If God has promised us again and again in Scripture that he cares about us, certainly he will answer our prayers for help in making decisions about such things as jobs, colleges, careers, churches, marriages, families, ministries, finances, and more. But he wants us to pray. Even though God knows all about us and the decisions we should make, he still wants us to communicate our thoughts to him and our dependence upon him for making these decisions. Good parents know what's best for their child, but they still want that child to communicate the need for help. God wants us to communicate with him about our decisions. This is the Sue Freeze show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go there, check out the website, connect with me by going there and let me know, you know, uh, what you liked, what you would like to hear more of. Um, struggles you might be facing, prayers that you need, anything like that. I want, you know, I just want you to feel uh, that there's someone here that will read that and then um, contact you or email something back or you just want prayer and I'll just pray for you. Any of those things or more. Just let me know what's going on so we can connect. And uh, I love connecting. It's a good thing. So number two, one was communication for making decisions. Number two is convictions. Besides communication, God uses the other C to give us further help on the sea of life. They are vitally necessary because any one by itself can be misused, including the scriptures. Because of our sinful nature, we are adept 
at making the Bible confirm just about any decisions we make. However, when the other C's are taken into account, our misuse of the Bible is held in check. The same is true when the other C's are mishandled. For example, the inner convictions of the Holy Spirit, another important C of decision-making, must be closely examined. Every Christian has convictions because the Spirit lives in every believer. These convictions will always be in line with God's perfect will and are therefore crucial when it comes to making right decisions. The problem comes when we confess, I'm sorry, confuse the Spirit's convictions with the cravings of our sinful natures. We are able to convince ourselves that God is leading us to make certain decisions. When in reality, our own desires are leading us to selfish stamps of divine approval. How many times has the expression, the Lord told me, been used to mask the reality of, I told the Lord? Ooh. Convictions must always be carefully examined in the light of all the seven C's to ensure against self-delusion. Number three, common sense. How many of us lack that? How many of us feel we're pretty good in that department? Common sense is a C that we generally take for granted, yet it is definitely a means God has given us to make decisions. In fact, most decisions are made by using common sense. God does not require Christians to kiss their brains goodbye upon conversion. Does he expect us to pray about what shoes to wear or whether to brush our teeth? I think not. Instead, God expects us to use the common sense he's given us concerning shoes and teeth and let him fit these small decisions into the overall pattern of our lives. Common sense is part of the navigational system that God has given us, and it's our responsibility to use it for wise decision making upon, I'm sorry, about common everyday matters. Common sense. Some things make sense and other things are not making sense. And so Sometimes it's easy to use this. Another thing is your gut. You know, listen to your gut. I have people telling me that. Your gut's been good so far, Sue. Just keep listening to your gut. I want to listen to the Lord. But there is this common sense thing that the God gave me. And so, and he gave you too. And so listening to your gut is not a bad thing. It's just like they're saying here is that you want to keep your C's in check. It's all of them together that make it happen. And you'll know that you're in alignment. You're in his will by checking it out. For composition, how God made us is what the sea of composition is all about. The way God's sovereignty put us together as to our likes, dislikes, looks, brains, abilities, and spiritual gifts is actually the means that God uses to help us make decisions. For example, would the Lord guide you to become a singer or pianist for his glory if he hasn't blessed you with the ability? (laughs) Probably not skillfully however god may guide you to say yes to involvement in a youth ministry if you like kids and have the ability to relate to and communicate with them first peter 4:10 tells us that we should use whatever gift we have received to serve others administering god's grace in its various forms on the sea of life god gets the best use out of his tugboats, tankers, or fishing boats when they do what they were designed to do. I talk about this as the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given you are your purpose on this earth. And I will say that look at what you're good at. God gave you gifts. He gave you these things. And these things are to help you with the purpose that he set out and created you for. So think about those things to figure out exactly 
what you should be doing and what God is asking and wanting you to do, because he created you with a, a purpose in mind. Council five, the council of mature Christians is another of the seven C's. Good uses to help us make decisions. Proverbs eleven fourteen says that many advisors make victory sure. While there is always a danger that one advisor may have a biased opinion about the situation and give you a bad compass reading, that leads you off course. The key in decision-making is to consult a number of godly men and women who have experience navigating the area where you need to make a decision. They're like channel markers that can point out possible dangers. This is the way the body of Christ works, as various parts of your physical body help your hand decide how to do something so the different members of the body of Christ function to help each other. Love that. Love that. And, you know, you do have to pick and choose and be wise in your choice. Number six, circumstances. Circumstances are another one of the seven C's. If God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-seeing, if he is, is there any circumstances that escapes his notice or control? No, obviously not. There is nothing that happens by mere chance. If our Heavenly Father is sovereign, can he not control circumstances to lead us to make right decisions? Yes. God knows those special niches in life that are just right for each of us, and he can send the right winds across the sea of life to move us to the port. That's best for us. Those proverbial open and closed doors that believers talk about really do exist. They're not just a naive view of circumstances, but rather a working definition of circumstances God has given to help us. But again, we must be careful about making decisions based upon only on circumstances. What looks at first like a closed door might actually be a door waiting to be knocked on. And apparently open door may not really be open. A job offer with a higher salary does not necessarily mean that God is directing us to move to a new direction or location. It's possible for Satan to manipulate circumstances. This is often his strategy to blow us off course. Let's not be afraid to prayerfully analyze the circumstances God uses in his navigational system. The proper use of the other seas will keep us from reading too much into circumstances. Number seven, control. I'm going to have to talk fast. Finally, there are times when God steps in and takes control of the decision-making process. Sometimes there is no question that God is indicating that decision he wants us to make. A model train operator normally monitors the movement of the model train by remote control. Sometimes, however, he reaches into the layout and straightens out a boxcar or engine with hands-on control. In the same way, God sometimes reaches in and takes control of our situation. And we are no longer even involved in the decision, in the normal decision-making process. For example, a good offer on our house may or may not be an indication that God wants us to move. But if our house burns to the ground, we can be sure God wants us to move, regardless of the cause of the fire. Although this isn't a pleasant illustration, it makes the point that sometimes the Lord takes decision-making completely out of our hands. When we are suddenly removed from one ministry and find ourselves in a new one without having made any decision ourselves, it's probably a good indication that God is guiding us by his control. Sometimes God steps in and controls our decision because even though some of the other C's seem to be pointing us a, in a new way, he wants us to go a different way. 
For example, God used control in Paul's life concerning his going to Macedonia. At other times, God controls our decisions because he knows of some danger that common sense decision-making would miss. And sometimes God just graciously chooses to deliver us from doubt in the decision-making process. The sea of life can be very troubling at times, and there are always hazards to avoid. Knowing and using God's navigational system of the seven seas helps the growing Christian to make good decisions, decisions that help us avoid disaster and lead us to follow God's will for our lives. That was so good. I I loved it. And it's so true that we need to check and balance whenever we have these decisions. You know, we have little choices that we make every minute of every day. I tell my kids that all the time. And, you know, our life is kind of designed by these decisions and choices that we make. Then we have the larger scale decisions. So is there more effort and energy put into these larger ones? Do we spend more time before we finalize our decision? I would think so because there's more impact involved. Some of them are little. Some of them are big. So we just need to take into consideration uh, the magnitude of the decision that we're making and make sure that we're getting as much information as possible before we make that decision. I think that's really good advice. And I think that uh, communication, clarity, convictions, common sense, composition, trying to read them back so you guys will remember what we talked about, counsel, circumstances, control, those are all in there. And I'm hoping that you did an assessment with that so that you can determine where you are on the scale. And not all of this is equal, but it's all very important. And I'm hoping it helps you with the next big decision that you have to make, or maybe a little one. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. God bless you so much. Until next week. Bye-bye. Ah, it's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.